Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support Creative Control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape, both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support Creative Control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Tamara Lindemann is a gifted theatrical performer, filmmaker, musician, songwriter, and singer based in Toronto, Ontario. Known the world over for the music she has released as The Weather Station, Lindemann has truly broken through with her 2021 album, Ignorance, which has earned The Weather Station rave reviews from and profiles in major news and music publications internationally. A sonic departure from folk and rock instrumentation into synthesized and more rhythm-based music, Ignorance is available now via Nextdoor Records in Canada and Fat Possum Records worldwide. For her fourth appearance on this show, 
Tamara and I discussed life during a pandemic and the relative calm of the media mania swirling around her and ignorance, the weather station's new sound and artists who challenge themselves and their fans, writing about climate change, gaslighting, and the truth, lip-syncing, and the beautiful batch of music videos she made for Ignorance, an unreleased new album and a book project, future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network, with the support of listeners like you, who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a fine record store with inviting retail locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and thousands of competitively priced new and used selections, and friendly staff happy to help you source special orders for hard-to-find titles, which you can learn all about at blackbird.ca, that's B-L-A-C-K-B-Y-R-D.ca, blackbird.ca, and Massey Hall's concert film series, live at MasseyHall.com, where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past and extremely recent podcast guests like The Weather Station, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 600th episode of Creative Control, featuring the wonderful Tamara Lindemann of The Weather Station with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Tamara. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for asking. First of all, where in the world are you? I'm in Toronto. How are things in Toronto for you uh, right now? Maybe even in the grand scheme of things. It's been a, some would say it's been a hell of a year. How has your year in Toronto been? Um, I mean, I feel like this year I could be anywhere. You know, I don't really feel like I'm in Toronto because I can't interact with the city at all. So I feel like I'm living in my strange hermit hole, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Toronto, I think Toronto's had a bit of a rough time. Like, we really mm. have been under some level of lockdown since for almost a year. And uh, it's not really showing any signs of letting up anytime soon. And the rest of the province keeps opening back up and we stay locked down. Um, so Toronto's very, you know, gray and slushy but uh you know i'm at the point in the pandemic where when it's a sunny day or the sky is blue that that seems like a very big deal to me yeah <laughs> and it's yeah and I'm very excited to see that it's sunny today so i'm like toronto's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, a hermit hole not only mm-hmm hermiting but a hermit hole is that where hermits hang out in a hole i didn't realize that i i said that and it immediately felt like the wrong phrase i i thought about saying my (laughs) bubble but bubble now has all these pandemic meanings so my yes i don't know i've i i feel yeah like it's a bubble or 
It's a, it, no, I, 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 I apologize for drawing attention to something <laughs> that you immediately regretted. But my point here is this. This hermit hole you describe, are you someone who tends to spend time in a, a hermit hole of your own making? Uh, you know, pre-pandemic, were you, did, you, did you like to keep to yourself a little bit? Has this been a radical shift to not see people as much? I, I can't tell with you sometimes because, I mean, I know you. You seem mm-hmm. like an outgoing. You seem like an outgoing person, but you're also, I think, you know, a little bit introspective on some level. You know, maybe a little self-contained. Do you? Do you? You know what I mean? Was it a hard adjustment to be a, to spend time mostly in a hermit hole? Uh, no, not really. I I am actually <laughs> like I'm definitely an introvert, and you know when I'm when I'm in a social situation, I'm I can be social. But I'm definitely someone that needs to scuttle off to my hiding place and <laughs> recharge. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I was slightly unnerved by how little of an adjustment it was in some ways and how strange it is to to kind of be getting by on these little scraps of friendship and social interaction. It, it, you know, it's somewhat unnerving to me how how little it takes, but also you know, my life right now has been very busy and I have been doing a lot of like interviews and, and it's, it's, it's a lot. So I think I wouldn't have much space for social interaction anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I, a couple of things come to, well, first of all, uh, I, what I neglected to do maybe at the top, as we're speaking, it's, (laughs) it's about the end of February, 2021. Mm -hmm. Your album Ignorance has been out a little while, and mm-hmm. uh, if I may, as a colleague, as a friend, congratulations. It seems to me that uh, the record is uh, has transcended, I don't know, your your past profile, your past success. Does it feel, you, uh, you must be aware of this on some level, it feels like it has really resonated, certainly with critics. How does that feel for you? Uh, I mean, not to... Not to downplay your past success, but does this feel particularly prominent? Like the 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 attention this record is getting? Yeah, it's it's really different. It's really really different, and the way that people are responding is really different. And mm. uh, it's it's very interesting. I mean, I've never really experienced this before, obviously, and it's kind of it's interesting. I mean, I haven't <laughs> I haven't really felt like I was able to take it in because it's it's just sort of a lot and you don't want to like get caught up in reading your own press or anything so I've been I've been mostly just like trying to like store up the reality that this is happening and like put it in a box for a future for a rainy day you know for that time a couple months from now when I'll feel like why am I doing music you know like these moments you know that I know happen but it's very yeah it's really interesting because I feel like I you know I am someone that I did I did start this on such a DIY level and like worked so hard and and everything was always like carrying something through the mud you know like just trying to you know book a show at the the Cameron house or something like Yeah, yeah you know and and trying to figure out how to you know my first record I I put out myself and 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 it's 
it's interesting to have this experience of like, oh, it's it's more like I'm being pulled through like at very fast through a very big space. And I, I actually like kind of can't believe it. In yeah. part, I think it's very surreal because yeah. I'm, as I say, still under stay at home order. So I'm I'm like having this like metaphysical experience of like uh, like a theoretical success. But I'm still like, OK, like time to mask up and go get groceries you know (laughs) my life isn't actually any different it's just yeah it's interesting it's very strange that is true i mean in most uh, pre-pandemic in a situation like yours where a record is if i may uh suggest it has exploded in terms of its profile like yeah you would be on the Mm -hmm. road they would be like we got to get you like your tour you got to get a tour going you've got to Mm -hmm. put you on all the talk shows you know all that stuff and maybe that stuff can still happen virtually some of that stuff can still happen virtually and uh yeah yeah but there's this weird thing now where yeah i mean to have the sort of internet success you have but then there's just stillness so you get the sort of probably an email or an announcement or something where like oh you know so-and-so is profiling me but i'm just in my house like i'm not (laughs) i'm not i'm not you know experiencing this because sometimes you know i mean you've had this before though people i i appreciate i hope you yeah yeah for sure pieces of it for sure yeah 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 i hope you appreciate that you know you've had this track record you've been a public figure for some time imagine this Mm -hmm. was your first you know blast and you're getting all this like you you have a bit of a callus like on some level you have to compartmentalize external reactions to your work and i hope you know i feel like you have the experience to if anyone can take what's going on right now it's you does that make sense yeah well i have thought about that actually because i i do know some people who had who had the experience of like their first record comes out and all this stuff happens to them like my friend uh julia jacklin who um she's australian and i wound up sharing my band with her for a bunch mm-hmm. For a couple of years and you know she had that happen where she came out of the gate with her first record and had this level of success and and yeah I think I feel really I just feel really grateful and lucky that I've been on all sides you know like I I still you know when I'm out on the road and we have like a rough show or whatever I still have that little voice in the back of my mind that's like wow I can't believe we even have a show right. you know in this random you know city in germany like i remember when i just wanted to go to europe so bad and it wasn't possible you know like i have i've been on all sides of it and i think i also feel really grateful that like what's interesting to me right now is like i feel like i'm more myself in public than i ever have been and i've been so like oversharing and overthink like i'm i'm being very much my like overthinking overfeeling self like on social media which is not which is like runs counter to the way that people want you to be and I find it so interesting that like I feel like I I guess what I'm saying is I feel like I'm succeeding on my own terms in my own way and not because uh I like followed the rules and did the right things Mm. and even though you know you could say yeah like I definitely yeah, I don't it know. It doesn't I, yeah, feel I guess I just contrived feel, or anything. You feel like yourself. It doesn't feel false. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But but definitely, like, you do... It is also an interesting lesson in just, like, understanding, like, how little 
external validation matters mm-hmm. you know like it, it really doesn't matter it does matter like you need enough to like know that what you're doing has some meaning to someone but i can remember like the first like myspace message i received from somebody who liked my songs you know and that meant just as much yeah. you know it's it, you just need that little touch to know that you're not singing into the void and then once you have that the rest is actually yeah, you don't. It's it's sort of meaningless, and if you got too caught up in it, it would destroy your your creativity. I think. Do you? Do you? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I hear your perspective there, but do you have a sense of why mm-hmm. you feel compelled to be the most yourself you can be at this particular moment? Do you know why that is? Um. Well, I think it's just because it's true to the record, and it's like the way that, like, I had to do this thing where you know my label wanted me to post these little videos like once a day you know talking about the song and every time i just was like oh god i can't i can't i can't do this Mm -hmm. but the most truthful way to talk about it would be the truthful way to talk about it and i think i've i feel somewhat contrary i guess also of like (laughs) the way that yeah there is so much pressure uh to behave in a certain way and to be a certain way and and i think i just feel a certain level of contrariness of like just not being willing to play that game in the way that I maybe like I can see is desired, you know. But yeah, uh, I just I just feel I feel very contrary, I guess, and just and just feel like I I don't I, I feel like I'm giving myself way too much credit. Like this isn't that important, but it's just like subtle ways of I feel like I'm just trying to exist differently in subtle ways. Yeah, um, that's fair. I, yeah. I I appreciate that you're being contrary, and this might be the most you've been accepted on some level. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's, yeah, it's, that's it's interesting. Yeah. yeah, people are. Yeah, maybe maybe people are picking up on your rebellion, but it's resonating with them, um, or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. It, that's an yeah. Int- it's it's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but it's interesting because I I like. I I was having a memory of like in like 2007, like I got asked to play North by Northeast, you know, and this was a huge, you know, it's a big deal at the time in my mind. And um, this like music industry guy in Toronto, you know, zeroed in on my music and was like, wanted to like sign me and wanted to do the thing. He wanted to manage me Mm -hmm. um, based on the few songs I'd put up on MySpace. And it was really interesting because, like, I kind of, like, worked a little bit with this guy for a couple months. And then when it came time to sign the contract, like, I just, I bailed. Like, I was like, no. And I walked away and no one understood why. And I didn't even understand why. But I I feel so grateful to my very young self that I did that because it was just the right decision. Because if I'd done that and, like, this guy had, like, molded me, you know, as a young obedient person i just like i never would have wound up here yeah like in a million years right and and it feels so much better to be like 36 and kind of a bit contrary and just doing my strange thing my strange way than than it would have to you know be be molded by that guy yeah it <laughs> seems it seems like you've always had this independent streak is what you're saying on some level well, I don't think so. I think I'm a very like obedient person. <laughs> I feel like I'm too I'm too, you know, when I think of many people I've known in music who are way more independent than me, 
it feels like something hard won. Well, yeah, that's fair. But I mean, you've all, it mm-hmm. seems to me that you've been embraced by uh, a music community in Canada, in Toronto, in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that, mm-hmm. that speaks mm-hmm. to your spirit and your talent. I mean, I think people wanted to, you to be a part of things and wanted to be a part of your thing. So, I mean, it's a testament to you, perhaps. I mean, I mean, all this to say, I'm very happy for you. And I think this is all very well deserved. And those of us who have been sort of fans and followers like don't get me don't get it twisted like i this is great it's very exciting (laughs) it's very exciting like i i've been you know i follow you on the socials and stuff like that and i i was before this record came out so i i kind of knew i knew what was kind of on your mind and i appreciated the things you were speaking out about and then to have this happen Mm -hmm. to your record and to you uh you know on some level the stillness is a, a a gift because like I said, there, mm-hmm. if this were happening and these were normal times, your life would be uh, perhaps a pure mania, you know, like of just go, 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 go and demands. And I mean, it sounds like you still have some of that, but you're also at your house. So, yeah, yeah, it's all very esoteric. Like it's like and then I make dinner and yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the Guardian wrote a story about me or the New York Times. Big deal. I got to make a salad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now I got to make totally. it up. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> but well, I think that's the way it always is, actually. Yeah, prob- probably. Yeah. Probably. But I, mm-hmm. like I say, you might be in Belgium getting this news or mm-hmm. somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just, it's yeah. maybe more less surreal because you're just home, um, I imagine. Yeah, anyway, totally. <laughs> I'm just speculating. Uh, you can tell us. But I do want to strike upon one thing because I don't know if if this is a coincidence, but you, with ignorance, uh, I think... I don't think this is arguable, a sonic departure. I hate using terms like that, but Mm -hmm. you have explored Mm -hmm. a new sound. Is that fair with this record compared to past Weather Station releases? I know it's fair because I know the other records. that's very fair. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So uh, does that strike, and the fact that it's resonated this way, is that a coincidence that you sort of, you know, got away from more, uh, you know, traditional folk or rock instrumentation and, and explored... I guess what dancier uh, uh, synthesized tones, more piano. Is it a coincidence? Do you think, on some level, that this has resonated this way? Like, were people just aching to to be moved uh, <laughs> more physically by your music or what? I, I, you know, I'm stereotyping. But uh, do you think there's no, some I mean, something I don't to think this? It's a coincidence. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Like, I I know you know that the sound. I I recognize that like most of my records have like just like from a sonic perspective, like from an EQ perspective, like they sound a little odd, Mm. which is like my taste. Like I've been the person, like the reason, you know, like all of it was mine. Uh, For example, you know, we recorded on a track in Dan's basement and then, you know, Dan wanted to use this like mixing guy who, you know, put reverb on everything and made it really polished. And I was like, no, like it can't, it can't like we, it has to just be what it is. Like, I don't even want you to mix it. Just bring it back to what it was and put a bit of compressor on the guitars. And like, that's, that's it. Like, so, you know, like that's a strange, if, if you, yeah, it's, it's for modern music. I've often made records that are like slightly strange sonically Mm. And this one is strange sonically too, but it's like, yeah, it's definitely like the way that like it sonically, like I remember hearing like a song from the self-titled like on the radio once, like in a cab. And I was like, 
oh, this this is so strange. Like in the context of the radio in a cab, <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I understand. Like that this record is is odd. Like it's 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 a very odd record. Hmm. And so you know, obviously this this record like works sonically in the realm of modern music just like the way that the bass is and like the way that the high end is and the way that like yeah and and I knew I was doing that but I think too that like I did I did think a lot about what the purpose of music is and what what I and I was like actively seeking this this thing of like not universal music because obviously it's still very personal and and the lyrics are pretty odd in in a lot of ways but like yeah yeah I wanted to I was thinking a lot about like eternal songs you know like I was thinking about like Christine McVie you know and and like people who write in this way that's so open that like the guy who you know drives like the delivery van and like you know can can love the same song that I can love you know and and obviously this record is not necessarily that but I was just thinking like what's so interesting about popular music is the way that it crosses borders and it, and it can, it it's like a Trojan horse, you know, like it's, it just, it gets behind, it gets into people in this way. And I find that kind of interesting of like, well, what do you, what do you say with that then? Like if you, if you accept that music might be powerful and you like actually harness that power instead of like running away from it, as I feel like maybe I was not in a bad way, but like, you know, then, then what, what could you do if you, if you harness that power and like rode that wave? And so Mm. that was what I was thinking was like, wouldn't it be interesting if I just like accepted that power and like worked with it instead of yeah making these sort of like scratchy you know uh dynamic records <laughs> you know <laughs> scratchy um, and dynamic yes that's that's yeah fair. well that's like you know if i didn't know myself and i just heard myself on the radio i'd be like why is this per- what is this you know <laughs> well and I, if i was if i was a stranger yeah. like if i wasn't me you know and i think i think i was just trying to be a little less like caught up in myself in terms of like the mix though i still was pretty annoying about the mix well it's a very lush sounding record and i don't mean to mm-hmm. be re- i don't mean to be reductive about this but <laughs> i do feel like this falls within your record falls and your and your trajectory maybe falls within a bit of a tradition of folk artist becomes yeah, kind of more yeah, of a rock yeah. artist but then everybody did it yeah right but there's also now this new i think relatively new thing where folk artist becomes rock artist becomes electronic oriented artist like mm-hmm. i mean wilco caught a lot of flack as they evolved uh for going mm-hmm. in that you know adding more synthesized tones uh Sufjan stevens you know when i first saw him play in yeah. 2000 he was a guy with a banjo and you know by mm-hmm. the last time i saw him perform live at massey hall it was like you know that age of odds record and it was like a dance party almost. oh yeah so Right. I don't know if it's if these things are I do think when an artist makes a record uh, particularly when they're well into their trajectory in some ways that current record is a response to maybe a past record or a past way of doing things you know because you've learned so much you've accrued so much knowledge oh, and experience for sure. yeah, yeah yeah so I wondered also if 
because I saw you do a set of I think a bunch of these songs. This music, yeah, yeah, at Sappy Fest. At Sappy Fest, yeah, and it was yeah. striking. You know, you had a huge band, and it was a different sound. And so it sounds to me like that maybe was swimming around. You heard you say you heard a song of yours and thought, "Whoa, that's weird," and that some of that knowledge and experience pushed you to try to challenge yourself even more is that is that maybe where we're landing i mean it's it's yeah it didn't really feel like a choice like in some ways Mm. like if in some ways it felt like an artistic choice in some ways i was just like i just couldn't i just couldn't make another record that was like neurotically focused on lyrics and performance and my own voice you know like yeah it's and guitar specifically like I just I had been playing guitar live and and I am I'm just not a great guitar like I I I can accompany myself and I can play guitar in my strange ways that I play it and I think that's cool but it's uh it's just not comfortable as an instrument and I just felt like I was at the end of a road you know and I wasn't it wasn't there was nowhere to turn like it's like you're turning around and you're like well I've done that and I've done that and I've said that and I've said that and so you just you just you see a new road and you just start walking down it and and yeah for sure like touring touring as much as I did on the self-titled really informed this record because I kept I kept feeling like I mean I really just noticed that you know when you're playing at a festival for a big crowd like what people need from you what 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 the purpose of communal music is so different than the purpose of headphone music right Right. like yeah what i what i want when i put on headphones and i i have this intimate connection with someone singing to me is so different than a group of people who who feel this like you look out at the crowd and everyone feels this like anxiety you know like there's there's this tension and strangeness of like people don't know how to exist in a crowd and Mm. and when you see a band that knows what to do with that energy like something else is created out of that and so I think part of it was me sort of trying to marry these two things together in one record right like of giving Mm. giving like a nod to like communal music specifically rhythm you know rhythm is so powerful and it's so human and it it works on me as much as it works on anyone else and And then also to have like the headphone intimacy in the vocals and the lyrics and and certain like touches and like yeah I thought of it as like a building with like you know a foundation and and a and a a, a top structure that was different and and I was like what if those two things were in one music and honestly it just felt so freeing to like let go yeah let go of of yeah like these sort of like you know pieties i guess of like lo-fi yeah and, there's you know guitar music yeah. and folk music and all this stuff and i think that's i think that's probably part of why all these people have done it because it's like you just can't you can't you don't want to i mean some people can be like the genre purists that that are like you know punk for life right but yeah there's something I'm giving you a very long answer, but I mean, it's funny because since (laughs) I've made this record and since all this time has gone by, like, I feel like I can finally listen to folk music again and I can finally write soft songs again. It's just like, it just wasn't what I could do then. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, that's the other side of that trajectory is usually the the folk artist becomes a rock (laughs) artist. Yeah, they go back. 
they get something out of their system a, a little bit and they they experience the bombast of like my solo stage show is now featuring 10 people or 11 people mm-hmm. and I'm gonna take it on the road and then when they have that experience or whatever they've they've done it and then next thing you know they're putting out a, a solo guitar or a guitar record or something yeah you know? <laughs> totally so that, well, that sounds yeah. like that's, <laughs> that's germinating already a little bit maybe perhaps well it's funny yeah it's funny that you mentioned that sappy fest show because like it, it was interesting because i actually like felt like i love sappy fest and and it was this like crazy desire i had to do this and put on this big show but it was actually a learning experience for me where i was like this isn't right actually like the mm. way that I tour this record has to be like really thoughtful and it was in part the sound but yeah it was interesting I just felt like oh I'm this isn't right and I actually need to find I need to like I haven't found it yet of like how I would play this music and I have I think figured it out though we haven't been able to play a show but we're doing like a live stream show and that and and it's been really interesting to rehearse it and yeah and uh find a find a way through it yeah yeah Yeah. we've we've talked a lot about the music and and maybe even the recording approach for this record but Mm -hmm. i i understand that you also uh maybe took on a different approach to lyrics uh lyric writing is that is that right did you do something a bit different this time around um i mean in your in your practice in your practice i mean yeah 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 it's a lot like I don't know it was it's a lot more blunt I think <laughs> and a little less like intellectual well is like, it is it's that, more emotional is it more instinctual like is it less fussed over on any level like were you like first thought might be the best thought more more so on this record um yeah I mean it's interesting though because like like all of it was mine was totally like first thought like I did not think like I just wrote those songs and honestly that was like kind of the worst thing that could have happened to me because I wrote those songs and then and then like a year later I was like how did I do that like I don't remember writing them like I don't remember what I was thinking and like I I still think they're kind of the best songs I ever wrote and I don't know how I did it and it sucks like I had a whole like several years of like you do something instinctually and then you have to figure out how to do it when your mind is turned on yeah. and it's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I've, I think I've like reached a state of grace, maybe even since the record was written of like, try of like being able to know, to know the instinct and to also like apply the critical thought. And, and but it's like the marriage of those two things is the most difficult difficult thing yeah. and why and it's why writing lyrics is so hard because often yeah the first thought is this magical thing but then you have to like connect the dots and how do you know which dots are the important ones mm. you know when you're yeah i mean i shouldn't have even said that out loud that i've re- reached a state of grace because that <laughs> that's that's like basically the death knell i'm probably gonna not be able to write again but no no, no it's really it's really hard yeah and yeah i think yeah, I just, I guess what I would describe is like, I, I, a lot of the lyrics on the album feel like unfinished to me, but I did like make an active decision to keep it that way because I felt like that was right, you know, for the record to leave it that unfinished and unpolished 
This is a, this might be a weird I question. Think I, I think it was right, yeah. This might be a weird question. Do mm-hmm. you feel they were unfinished, or do you feel like externally people might view them as unfinished? Do you know the distinction I'm making? Like, you clearly were happy enough with them that we have this record now, but I hear that insecurity or that self-doubt because you know that you're making something that's going to be consumed publicly. And I wrestle with that all the time where I'm like, I was happy with it. Then I put it out and then people said stuff. And suddenly my opinion of a thing that I was totally fine with has changed. What is wrong with me? (laughs) Why did that, why Um, did that public reaction have such sway over me? I'm not saying you've received, you know, any criticism uh, over writing, you know, unfinished lyrics here, but do you know what I mean? There's a dual pressure when you're a public person like yourself and, and, you know, being so giving of your, of your mind and feelings. So I just wonder if that's swimming around in there. No, like, to be honest, it's like the opposite. Like I, I feel like I know, like I know the ways in which I left them as they were even though my instinct would be to prune everything and make it more philosophical you know what I mean and and I kind of left it that way because I was like well there's some things that I have to leave this blunt and this emotional or else it just is is not right and so my feeling is like it's interesting how people are experiencing the record and and the openness of of like the gaps that are there are helpful i think for the way that other people experience the record yeah but i'm just i'm just like a really um i mean that is an interesting thing about lyrics cuz i am i am just really critical and like i think a lot about them and i don't like i i what i feel in myself is like i only have a couple songs that i've written that i can't find fault with and everything else i just can but mm. i think i've come to a state of like being like this is the fault of this song but is that actually important you know what i mean cuz sometimes it is sometimes sometimes the fault of it is is the beautiful part you know like it's the it's like the you know the distortion in the guitar it's like sometimes you have to keep that you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I dig, I dig what you're saying, but yeah. <laughs> do you also, I mean, given, given your kind of, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to call it fearless, but the fact that you decided to take a new approach with making this record in terms of how it sounds, mm-hmm. do you not maybe subscribe to a theory that a song that you write is potentially never done? Like, I mean, on some level you, we get really married to albums as this, you know, defining document of what a song is. And when people perform their songs and they change them, some of us get very angry. I don't. But some people get very angry that the song has been modified lyrically, sonically, arrangement wise, mm-hmm. which, which I always I'm like, well, what's the point of going to a live show? I mean, I like being mm-hmm. surprised by the artist. So in in that vein, and I'm not telling you your business. You're very successful. <laughs> I don't. Who am I? But you could always, I think, you know, you put your record out. That was the session. You know, that's what happened. But if you're not happy with something. You could always change it. You could always, when you're playing the song, you'd be like, you know what? Never really liked. Never did like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sick of yeah. it. No, yeah. Couldn't you, you could. do? Couldn't you do that? Don't you have the power to do that? 
I do have the power. I'd have to talk to management. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send it up the chain. You know, I'll see. I'll see I, what. <laughs> you know, no, but you're right, and and I don't know why it's never occurred to me to do that. But I think, yeah, because you do you do change it. I th- I feel like there's a secret in between, like the the maker and the listener. You know, and and th- that's something I've thought a lot about. Like I, the way I see lyrics now in my in my old age and like is is like it's a relationship (laughs) you know it's it's a relationship between the words and the music and then the words and the listener you know and there's there's like gaps like there's always gaps lyrics are always leaving so much out like more they're leaving out you know it's like three little grains of rice on a plate like that's what lyrics are like there's so few words in a song and yeah. what makes them beautiful is what a what the music brings to them and then and then b what what people bring to them and so the gaps are where there's space for people to enter them and like have and and I'm not like my I always argue against like the thing of like lyrics don't have to ma- like they don't matter like they don't have to mean anything like people just interpret them like I really strongly disagree with that but hmm. but yeah like to me I guess what I mean is like I think that if I'd been in a different headspace when I was writing the album, it would have been very different and I wouldn't have let it be by unfinished. I just mean like unvarnished in a way. No, and, no. And I, I, and, I appreciate and like, that. Yeah. 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 I, yeah I appreciate but I don't that. mean I, that like, yeah, it's just like, it's very, it's just very blunt. And like, I don't think I would have been that blunt if, if I hadn't, if I had had a choice in a way, like, I think I would have been way more like <laughs> intellectual about it. But I'm glad that I'm glad that it's there. Like, like this this album feels very like it feels like it, like it's like a a second puberty, you know. Like it's sort of like a mm. it feels almost teenage to me, and not like teenagehood, but just like when you break through another yeah. skin. There's like coming an of ugliness, age. coming of age, yeah, kind of thing. yeah. And yeah. I think I think those those things happen over and over again in our lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the way that it's a bit emo, I think is like correct for it, you know. Oh, even oh if, I see, I see. Even I if see. I can hmm. like, even if I can find fault with it, because it's like I can find fault with everything. <laughs> um, yeah, like yeah. it seems to me when when you say unfinished now, now that you've sort of expanded upon mm-hmm. it, I think maybe you're just a little bit like, wow, I was pretty raw. There's mm-hmm. like a sensitivity to the lyrics that doesn't feel like it feels like you've conveyed feelings and thoughts, but maybe not as fully as you could have. Yeah. But that's fine, yeah, yeah, totally. too, because that's the enigma. The only thing I'll say about this is as a fan, like I totally appreciate what you're saying about mm-hmm. um, the relationship between uh, an artist, a song and the listener mm-hmm. and particularly in a live setting like there's a certain amount of comfort in knowing the words that are coming to yeah, a song. Totally. If, you, if you love the song, I get that. But I also know that if I've seen Bob Dylan or Shellac and they've totally changed the words, mm-hmm. I mean, we make a big deal when someone we make a big deal when someone forgets the words mm-hmm. and doesn't have something to come up with to replace. I've seen that, and it can be awkward. But I've seen Dylan, you know, a 50 year old song. He's added a new verse. And mm-hmm. we all look at each other like, wait, wait, what's going on now? Or he's changed the pronouns. Mm-hmm. It's just those little things. And you're like, wait a second. 
songs totally different. So that's exhilarating to see it live after living with us. Anyway, these songs are, are young and your songs are all pretty young. Mm-hmm. And I, again, not suggesting anything untoward or getting into your, your uh, business here. But, you know, I just I want you to feel like freedom. <laughs> you should yeah. you should as an artist feel like I can say I didn't like it. I didn't like what I said back then. So but I like the rest of it. So I might just change. I feel more I feel like all artists should feel like that. Like I can change well, this. I agree with that. And I think too, like, even though yeah, I too have had the experience of seeing Bob Bob Dylan, you know, just change it. You're like, What? But you know, <laughs> I actually kinda love that as an artist I love it because I'm like it makes me feel uh less alone in, in just I think it's just interesting because it's an interesting document of like you learn something of like that's where he is now. This is this is what he chose to change and he didn't change this and that's kind of interesting and I actually really like the um, the blood on the tracks, like more blood, more tracks, like all the yeah, all the stuff of like you hear him changing verses and changing instrumentation. And it's quite it's kind of interesting because some of the songs like I prefer the alternative version, or or in some cases I think both are just equally good, and uh, I kind of like that. And I think it's a lesson for like the listener of like actually there's so many ways that a song can can exist and like it, yeah. it you know. It could have been this or it could have been that. Yeah. I, th- I think part of what, when we as fans relate to an artist, uh, we're, we're, we are doing a little bit of living vicariously through them. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think they, they stand, for some of us, artists stand for a kind of freedom that we don't feel we have. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so when you see them even push that further, like I, I, I had the audacity to think that I could make some make something of myself by writing my own songs and playing my own instruments, <laughs> and uh, and then they have their career, and then they even push it further. That's kind of where I'm coming from with it, mm-hmm. and I don't want to d- mm-hmm. dwell on it too much because I feel like, in a sense, I feel like that's kind of what you've done with this album. Frankly, like, mm-hmm. to, to, I'm sure, I'm sure you maybe aren't aware of it. I'm not aware of it, but I'm sure there are some weather station purists, you know, the Puritans being like, "Wait a second, this doesn't sound like the weather station." And that's, yeah. I yeah. don't know if that's happened, but I'm sure there is. There always seems to be. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like that tension from, from particularly folk and rock Puritans that something has changed to be more contemporary and they don't like it. And mm-hmm. so all I'm saying is I appreciate that you have done what you're doing uh, mm-hmm. or are doing what you're doing is, is what I should say. So that's mm-hmm. all. I, that's all I want to say. Uh, in terms of the lyrics, there's been a particular focus uh, in the press and I think you've acknowledged it as well. The lyrics seem to be delving into ecological collapse, our collective condition. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is that accurate? Has that been overblown in any way, or is that a central theme here? No, it it is accurate. I mean, it, it is it is what I was writing about, and and it is a funny thing because like I didn't I didn't necessarily think I would say that, you know, like because I was like the songs all work if you imagine them as, you know, relationship songs. Hmm. Um, but I wasn't writing them as relationship songs. Like, I was writing them as as being the, this these broader things that I was seeing, that I was feeling very personally, you know? Like, yeah. and that was my experience. But it is interesting how that is the part of, you know, the press release that people have seized on. And it's a bit overwhelming because I'm like, oh, no, I hope I'm not doing a bad job of, talking about this and like god this is a lot of 
pressure but um hmm. but yeah it is it is honestly what I was thinking about and and what I was feeling and and that's just where I was like when I wrote the record I was in this really weird rabbit hole of climate feelings and trying to be some kind of climate activist and just like some kind you it, are I feel like you are yeah you know, yeah 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 but I mean but I mean like some people are like you know like have like formed a organization or like done something real you know like I know a lot of musicians who are like way more full-time activists than me but um yeah it's it was really it was just a really disorienting experience and and I think that's part of what like why I I characterize the album as being like kind of teenage you know like because it's yeah. like it did feel like this different identity and this different way of seeing the world that I was yeah I felt yeah I felt like that teenager who's like why like why is everything so fucked like <laughs> you know you're just you just you feel like the moment you like really pay attention to that the the reality of climate like you just feel so angry and it's so hard yeah. to to like know what to do with that feeling um hmm. anyways yeah it was a, it's a funny it's a funny thing i mean yeah it's funny that people uh, sort of latched on to that as the center this this sort of maybe i don't know if that's what you were where you were going with it necessarily mm-hmm. but before i get into delve into that anger a little bit mm-hmm. and the, the broader uh topic is the record to you about things other than that? Are there things we, uh, again, by this point, press cycle is, you know, full, I think actually still in full swing. So people have opined about the record. They've reviewed the record, all these sorts of things. Have we missed, has anyone missed something that you're talking about? Because you do frame a lot of the, the songs about the, the earth and mm-hmm. environmental collapse as in a relationship dynamic on some level. So I just wonder, are there other things that you, you were surprised we haven't picked up on, uh, so to speak? No, I mean, it, it feels... I haven't, like, read the reviews. So I don't I sure. don't really know, but I know from, like, you know, just sort of, like, bits and pieces. But, yeah, I think that, like, I think it's pretty accurate. I, I think... I wasn't trying to, like, make a record that, like, you know fills anybody in on the you know the science or anything Hmm. but i think that a lot of it was coming from like anger at at how my generation has kind of been like gaslit about this (laughs) you know and like yeah and and sort of like lied to and misled and betrayed like just profoundly betrayed and i think that's that's like a really big emotional heart of the record that people probably don't quite catch but that's like trust and like all of these songs that's what i was singing about was like the just the the blatant betrayal of like almost everyone in power you know of of my generation and the younger generation you know like where it's just like time and time and time again people who have attained the power that it takes have you know just just bailed and and over and over again and uh and that was a that's a funny feeling you know and and i'm not saying i'm any better but it's just like it's intense yeah well and and i think the deliberate obliviousness to the issue i mean yeah. even just when you scan the titles like tried to tell you 
trust, <laughs> you know, separated. <laughs> there is a sense that a line has been drawn between fact and fiction, among other things. I mean, that's what I think of a, a lot. Well, that's what we've actually yeah. come to recognize the climate change situation as this it's just another example of the polarity we this sort of misguided strange polarity we're in where we can't agree on something that's in front of our faces and i mean i assume when you call a record ignorance (laughs) you're kind of speaking to that the 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 way people are educated the way they process information about something that's so to some of us so plainly obvious uh, you know they obfuscate what's going on for what we don't even i guess personal gain wealth what is it just status quo stuff that's all swimming around in the title i assume yeah for sure and and i think like honestly like i'm implicating myself too in in the title and in and in the record where it's like i don't think it's just ignorance i think it's like like i mean my brain just starts exploding when i hear that word you know and when i think about it where it's like i go down a whole rabbit hole of like of just like acknowledging that the culture I grew up in is a culture, A, you know, like yeah. Western, white, uh, you know, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant culture is a culture. It's it's just like one way of seeing the world and being human. And though I think I'm my own person, I have been shaped by this culture and I can see the cracks in it, you know, But but one of the biggest cracks in this culture is is just a just like a, a, a like a structuralized ignorance like it's like we choose not to see the reality of so many things you know and that comes from like you know like what does it mean to be a white canadian you know like yeah that that's something that that we choose to be ignorant about you know and and yeah and and it's it's not that i'm ignorant i'm educated but i i just think a lot about like this entire country was literally founded on these guys, you know, sailing across the ocean, thinking they were going to China, yeah. thinking they had arrived in China and, and then being like, what the fuck's this shitty place? It's not China. Like, <laughs> fuck this place. Oh, wait, there are people here. Like, we don't give a shit. Like, yeah. it's just like, it's not just ignorance. It's like willed ignorance. Yeah, it's willful. like, we're not yeah. going to like, we're like, we just discovered a continent that we didn't know was here but instead we're going to believe that it belongs to us and we we deserve it and we know what it's good for and it's good for this and not this and all of these like rigid ways of thinking are just so ingrained in our in our culture so yeah i guess like i draw a pretty clear line of that to like yeah it's a good idea to destroy like the planet literally for no reason you know like <laughs> no one is going to win out of this like no one will win and 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 for what <laughs> anyways okay so i could talk about this sounds like well it sounds like that no 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 yeah. i was just gonna say i feel like so there are other things potentially mm-hmm. maybe more abstractly but there are other things informing this concept of ignorance it sounds like to me like you know like i said we the 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 consensus seems to be that you know Tam's made a climate change record, but mm-hmm. you're saying that 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 debate, those kinds of arguments, that sort of information processing is informed by other uh, other aspects of how we've lived ignorantly. And I I found it 
see, I find this interesting because I think of climate change as a very serious health concern, among mm-hmm. other things. Mm-hmm. Like this is a, mm-hmm. a, a health and well-being issue that is somehow the science is being questioned. It's up for debate. And so you write these songs. The record is prepared for release. And then there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And we see how people are reacting to almost the exact. It's on a deeper cellular level on some level. It's it's a, arguably it's the same sort of peril. But what did you make of that? Like as you saw discourse about the pandemic start to unfold, we I don't know about you, but I saw the same. I I, I did see a parallel between our so-called debate around climate change and the, and the debate around how to deal with this pandemic and how serious it was and, and where, uh, how science and government had to work together, science and popular opinion had to work together. Did you see those parallels? Were you, or did you think about this? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting because like, I wasn't in like early March and February, I wasn't paying any attention to the coronavirus news because that was the time where um, I mean, there was the blockade across Canada. Um, yes, yes. And then there was the tech mine. I don't. I'm sure living in Alberta, you probably heard about that. Yep. Although I guess maybe you weren't there yet. But that mine was like, it was absurd. Like it was like going to use yeah. like a third of the remaining carbon budget, like one mine over the yeah. course of its planned lifetime. And yeah. and this is like. Our liberal government was. I probably shouldn't. Be, you, you're in Alberta. I probably shouldn't talk about this. Anyways, our no, liberal no, government we can, was no, but this was this, all this set. Podcast, like they, it's not an Alberta. It's not an Alberta podcast. I just want to be clear. We can yeah, talk yeah. about whatever you like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, our government was willing to was happy to go ahead. They were they were going for it. And this is like the liberal government that was elected to fight climate change. So, you know, I was just my blood was already kind of boiling to be honest. And and luckily the tech mine was canceled, but not because of our government, because of, I can't remember, like a financing fell apart. Yeah, that's right. Because of the climate risk, which is like when the big banks are like your moral compass, like that's pretty problematic. But anyways, I was already very angry about that. And I was following that. I wasn't even paying attention to COVID. And then when COVID hit and like I actually found it to be a very profound experience of like those first couple weeks when like this same government that was literally putting not just me at risk, but like the next generation and like hundreds of millions of people all over the planet at risk with this mine was like taking every evasive action to protect the lives of people, you know? And I was like, what? Like, it actually, like, really affected me where I was like, I haven't experienced this where, like, I see people in power in my government, like, wanting to protect my life and, you know, my mother's life and the, the life of elderly people and, you know, and, and, and everybody pulled together in that moment. And I found it very profound, but also very, like I say, I was almost kind of angry of just like, wait, we can do this? Like, so you're saying we can upend society to save lives but we've you've been telling us this whole time that like you know making the slightest adjustment to like not end the world was impossible so like there was a bit of anger of like and i did have some pretty negative feelings of like is this generational is this because you know the people in government are you know many of them are over 60 and they feel personally threatened and Mm -hmm. so they're able to make a move in a way that they're not for like 
their children, you know, and that's my like very negative feelings yeah. uh, that I felt about that. But, you know, long view a year later, I definitely think that COVID, you know, my optimistic view is that we've now had this experience of like something threatened us existentially and we all agreed not no. all of us. No, we didn't. Many that's, of us agreed. That's my Many point. of us agreed that we needed to do something, and we did. You know, like even though yeah, it's but, been very fractured, like exactly. I would say that. Yeah. I would say that the overall, like, the response has been robust, at least, mm, even okay. though it's been a failure in other ways, like for sure. You know, and I think everyone sees that, like, damn, if we could just like lock down better, we could actually get rid of this thing instead of like opening up walmart you know like it feels like people are generally on the same side and so i do have an Mm. optimistic hope that that leads that has led to like like you know climate action is moving forward way more now than it was you know before the pandemic so right there is a little glimmer of hope even though you could also make the argument that the response to COVID has been a mess and like you know people haven't been or you know people haven't been united and like you know, you could make both arguments, but to me, even just the fact of like, we all like obey, you know, we all did this, you know, and yeah, there were a few people who didn't follow the rules, but most people did and most people continue to, and that's pretty wild Yeah, (laughs) at great personal risk and cost, you know, like, and I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess I also think too, like, compared to this you know maybe climate you know maybe like having to get on board with uh you know electric cars being a thing at some point in the future will seem like way less of an imposition than like you literally can't hug your friends for like yeah you know (laughs) it's like compared to this like climate action is not really that big a deal (laughs) i appreciate your optimism i don't quite have it based on the behavior (laughs) i've seen i'm sorry like i i'm more like (laughs) i live in alberta yeah but i also yes that's actually probably a major reason why um but i think Mm -hmm. even you in ontario have had sort of uneven leadership on, oh, for sure. On yeah. this, in, in terms of COVID, but I just I do see a parallel between how people dis, uh, people in power, in particular, discuss the supposed nuances of dealing with mm-hmm. something like climate change or the pandemic, where it's just bold. It's just so bald faced, like economic, uh, infrastructural impulse. Like the, the the impulse is to protect that over people. Uh, you know, what do you want? You don't want there to be anything? Like, is that really what, how you want to live? And and most of us are like, well, we want to live. Mm-hmm. So that you've you've got that part correct. But whether or not we can eat in a restaurant, I mean, I again, full respect and appreciation for all of these industries that are suffering, but this is a calamity. And similarly, climate change is a calamity. So I see, mm-hmm. I've seen the pandemic as a microcosm of what it will actually when when climate change like to me and to you i think climate change is in our face every day mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. pan this pandemic has sort of accelerated it's been an accelerated crisis and we've seen how people reacted to something that's urgent and immediate in their faces impacting them and their communities mm-hmm. in a very real way and you still have that fracture so when climate change starts to move more inland and, yeah. fa- and again, I think it already is doing this, but it's mm-hmm. so incremental on some level that people don't take it seriously, I guess. Or, yeah, it's, you know, it's oh, so... Texas is covered in snow for the first time in decades. Well, that's not 
whatever, you know, that's not a big deal. It'll go away because they assume it'll go away. And I think that's been the same attitude I've seen in the pandemic. It'll eventually, that's what the American president, former president's like, it'll go away. Don't worry. Which is what people say about climate change. It'll go away. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where, that's where I'm struggling with being optimistic (laughs) about, you know, I have, you say, you know, I'm in Alberta. I also have children. So I'm always like trying to, and I was a big Wayne Gretzky fan. So I always try to anticipate his whole thing was like, <laughs> go where the like, know where the gonna puck go? is going to go. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm very much like that. I'm like, well, where is this leading us? And all I'm saying is, this past year has been frightening uh, in terms of human behavior and uh, an acknowledgement of science. Because when you say ignorance uh, in terms mm-hmm. of a record title, I I'm sorry, but my jumping, I think of science. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> I sure. think of yeah. logic. Like the opposite of it is logic and science mm-hmm. and facts and 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 um, being informed. So I'm on a rant. You mm-hmm. you did invoke you did invoke hope, and so I'm going to segue from that into your. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am going to segue from your invocation of hope uh, to your acting a little bit. Uh, that's okay. a little. Pun, that's a little pun Great. for those in the know who maybe heard yeah. you on the show and when I had the revelation that you had an acting career and I didn't didn't really know and about it anyway <laughs> I didn't really know like I, our friend Colin Medley was like you didn't know I'm like I didn't know I don't track everything that you know Tams does yeah. and did I don't no. know I thought you were the weather station I didn't oh, what am I supposed to I'm not a private investigator I'm a I'm a <laughs> podcast journalist I guess there's the, they can be similar my point here is this the videos Mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed your videos. I was just oh, cool. so blown away by the videos you've uh, you've been making for this this record. There seem to be a lot of them now. The last I looked, uh, mm-hmm. the first the first one uh, arguably might be the most elaborate one uh, for mm-hmm. Robber, and mm-hmm. I loved it. Just congratulations yeah. on that. So uh, I, first of all, yeah, what is your and and then the other ones I've seen a mix of total one shot kind of deal uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and and also more movement what is your mm-hmm. sort of aesthetic choice situation with these videos like is there an overarching kind of theme or concept there yeah i mean i think the only outlier is the parking lot video um hmm. but the other three like i really did i was i did yeah i did have all these like concepts i i had like a sheet of like, like concepts that I okay. I wanted the videos to embody, like I had like a a guiding principles um, for myself, yeah. and um, yeah, and and among them were like positioning human beings in nature, so to remind mm. us that we are natural, you know, yeah. and and we're a part of our world, and but not to have that be like acknowledged, like people aren't looking around them, you know, like yeah. which is I think true to life, and and I think like the use of like surreal surrealness like like the camera makes surreal things look ordinary and ordinary things look surreal like I realized that Mm. and then I was like that's really interesting and I wanted to have just these surreal elements in everything and and to have like intention and purpose behind all of the images because I think music videos traditionally are just you know beautiful images yeah. And and I just thought like what a waste, you know, this is this is something that will exist in the world. Like what can I say with it? And and how can I you know, obviously like relate back to the song but also just say a new thing perhaps even with it. And um yeah, in some cases like I felt like tried to tell you was just like a literal 
representation of the song you know like yeah a literal yeah. representation of the metaphorical song person character yeah i mean my only regret is just like i wish that like the the robber video was so hard that it just like i just was worn out yeah <laughs> um, right. by the time i got to the parking lot video but the, at the same time the parking lot video like i i think is actually like the right video for that song you know because it just i felt like i feel like it brings the like bittersweet of that song to life in this way that just the song doesn't always have you know so the parking lot video is quite lovely uh for those who haven't seen it it's 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 tamsin i guess is it a field you're dancing you're kind of walking away from a camera which uh you know my film studies hat comes on and uh you know a camera is following you and your back is to it and you're lip syncing i suppose mm-hmm. or singing singing mm-hmm. and we only get a sense of that when your head turns to the side and then mm. by by the midpoint you are back at the camera and and then sort of swirling around and dancing and um you know you mentioned the surreal parts and i you know i i often and this is no offense to you or anyone else but i often think of aliens uh came upon our music video library mm-hmm. on earth they would be quite confused these people spend day a day or days just pretending to sing what is going on oh. why are they doing this why are they doing that this why really don't funny. they just yeah. why don't they just sing why and then they'll see top of the pops and be like wait a minute they're in they have their instruments with them and they're still pretending to sing what is going on anyway <laughs> uh, not to disparage music videos but i do it did strike me that your uh, approach to lip syncing uh was quite striking because in the parking lot video in particular and in the robber video for those who haven't seen them, Tamsi will start to lip sync and then you'll stop. You'll stop. Yeah. The, you'll stop the lip syncing as the lyrics and the, the the song is continuing and we hear your voice. But you've you've opted, I think, for dramatic effect and, and whatnot to stop all of a sudden, which that I found striking. I can't think of too many people. People have made fun of lip syncing with music videos before and tried mm-hmm. to, you know, just the falseness of it usually in amusing ways but in your case it's very dramatic if i might say it's almost unnerving to see someone lip syncing and you know we the the voice we hear is synced with it and then you stop physically moving your mouth and <laughs> i i don't have a real uh, i don't know an argument about this if you will can you just yeah. explain that cuz it happens in two at least two videos that i've seen and it struck me as a very interesting sort of meta move uh what is your what 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 prompted that uh as a as a way of approaching lip syncing um yeah i mean i mean like you i've always thought the lip syncing in videos is odd you know and and strange but at the same time like it also works on me because there is something powerful about it's just like an overwhelming rush you know, like you feel the music, you see the person singing it, you know, it's it's the perfect recording from the album. So, mm. you know, it's it's like all these things combined. But I mean, it's funny because the reason why I started doing that was in the robber video. I was thinking of it more as like it's dialogue, right? Like, yes, like I'm saying I never believed in the robber. And then I'm like, wait a second. Or do I? Like, that was how I thought of it, of, like, that character. Yeah, your eyes, your eyes and your face. Questioning in the moment, like, whether they believe what they just said, which is, like, 
very true to the song and then like the second time i say i never believed in the roberts like in response to an interview yes so that was like i just was trying to work it in as like dialogue in well, the song i hope i'm not reading and, um, i hope i'm not reading too much into yeah. this by asking this but no I, no you're not okay no but i i did think about it and then and then in the other songs i mean like obviously like in the tried video like i just show up to say the things that that person you know whatever i was in that video i'm kind of like a the the psyche or like the conscience you know like a mystical figure appearing yeah. to say to just say i tried to tell you you know and just sing the bridge and that was sort of deliberate of like these are the words that this person says so i have to say them here and then and then in in the atlantic and parking lot i think it was just sort of like if i don't if i just sing the parts that speak to me in the moment and not the others it feels more real and and more true to the just the the artifice of it you know and okay. uh hmm. yeah but well, i i i agree like i liked i liked that choice i was like because it is so unnerving <laughs> when the person stops you're like wait that's not supposed to happen <laughs> am i um, am, yeah. am i the am i the only one who's fixating on this one detail has anyone else brought this to your attention actually no and i'm glad i'm glad you fixated on it because i thought i thought it was like a big i thought it was a bold move and uh not many people mentioned it you know well i i was trying to sort of facetiously mention your acting uh background but to mm -hmm. me it's it's real acting to do that because particularly mm -hmm. because the shots and robber for example are so tight mm -hmm. your face and your eyes have to convey it's weird. Your face and your eyes convey the the words you don't lip sync, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, like yeah. you, you talk about it being like pondering and thinking about what you're saying. And that's a very ruminative sort of thing to say. I, I never believed in the robber because you're, you're transporting yourself back to a past of yours, whether it's your mm -hmm. youth or what have you. I never believed in the robber. So you're processing. Anyway, look at me. What is going on right now? I hey, am trying to do a reading working. of your video, yeah. and I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's great. This is like that's what I want people to experience it like, right? Like I didn't, I didn't make like I made it weird. You know, I wanted people to it to turn wheels. You know, like that's that's the point well, it, of it. it. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like I don't know. I made a video a couple years ago um, where like. I didn't lip sync the song like it's like a close up of me and then there's like intercut other footage and mm. and I th think I thought that I would lip sync the song and then when I was like going to do it I was like wait a second no like I'll just get them to play the song and I'll just think the song in my head and I'll see mm. if it comes across and it kind of does like I don't lip sync in the video but it's like it's strange because my yeah, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about the lyrics, and it and it like it flows. So maybe that's yeah, where that came yeah. from, also. Yeah. Well, it's all very fascinating. Uh, this this outpouring of work from you, and we need it. So I, I congratulate you and thank you again uh, for doing this and being the weather station and 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 constantly progressing and evolving. It's great to see. Uh, I want to uh, give you an opportunity to talk about. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I suppose, I know this is a hard question these days. What's next? You know, you've made the record. There's not going to be any touring on the horizon. Uh, I saw on Instagram 
today, I think, that you've, you've got some sort of live stream event planned. Do you want to talk about that and any other plans you have at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. I do want to talk about that because I need to sell <laughs> tickets to it. Um, it is, it is. Uh, you know, just just rolling up to the local club and putting on a show is a lot easier than making a live stream show. Yes, yes. it's. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy. It's like it's the album band plus extra people. It's like yeah, it's a ten piece band. We're doing it out of a really nice studio in Toronto, so it's gonna sound really good. And then, you know, I've got this beautiful lighting director and, you know, it's it's basically like we're basically presenting our own show on our own terms, which is kind of cool in a way. Yeah. And and honestly, it's just it's just been I finally got a chance to rehearse with the band and we were all we all felt like we were high. Like we were just so overwhelmed by <laughs> the joy of being in a room, even though we we're all wearing masks and everything. But 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 this band is they're just so good. Like I felt like you know singing with this band like I just feel like I just I don't even care about cars but it's like I just feel like I just got into a luxury car and I'm just being driven somewhere (laughs) because I don't I don't even have to lift a finger like they're just amazing so it's really cool for me and I I just feel like I I'm also excited about it too because obviously like the focus is so on me and I'm glad to have a chance to like showcase like this is the band this is the music you know and and um yeah, it's it's yeah, like I say it's it's sort of been this really big undertaking and it's taken up a lot of my time. So I'm looking forward to it coming out. And, and sorry, what sorry, when is it? It's March March 11th is when it comes out. Okay. We actually so are March... yeah, yeah, March 11th. Yeah. Okay. So you've got this thing, is it going to be something where you have to watch it as it's happening or can we watch it after even? Is it do you know what you're going to do with it uh once it's sort of Obviously, that's the weird thing about this time is people spend all this time producing stuff mm-hmm. and they point people to a, a live streaming event. Uh, often they're pre-recorded or, or they're yeah. captured. And then do we do we get to revisit this if we don't catch it the the, the night or the day it airs? Um, yeah, it's like it's up for seventy two hours, so it's like three oh, okay. days. Uh, so you can watch it anytime, and and it okay. is pre-recorded. We cannot okay. do everything, but um. It's going to be, you know, we're not going to like edit or anything. We're just going to play. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's up for 72 hours. And then, you know, I have thought that like it might, you know, basically if I don't make the money back, <laughs> there might, it might be a live album, you know, let's, let's just, let's just be real here. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think, I think it'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it is a weird thing of like, yeah, like why why not just have it up permanently if you're going to all this trouble of making it? But I still like the idea of like it being an you know I have watched some live streams and live of you know Zoom mm-hmm. events and things, and I do like having like an appointment. You know, like I like having something that you got to catch yeah. because you know, and and that maybe your friends are watching. You know, you can text with people, and like there is still something nice about something actually being yeah transient rather than you know that thing where you're like oh i'll check that out another day you know like yeah i think it's um it's a nice yeah it's just like the one little approximation we have of of the living moment but of course it's not the same as a show but no it'll be cool yeah it'll be cool it sounds like it'll be Mm -hmm. cool now you you did hint at maybe uh at least listening to quieter 
more folk oriented music uh, earlier. Are you writing? Mm-hmm. Have you been writing since uh, you finished uh, Ignorance? Uh, is there like a any kind of collection of songs that has accumulated uh, in the last little while? Yeah, like I actually made another album um, this oh. past spring. So, but I haven't been talking about it too much. It just it does exist. I don't know what'll happen to it, but I did make. Oh, so most great. of this past year, I was like kind of kind of in that world and finishing that and now i'm kind of like okay now what uh i feel like i just started to have the space in my brain for like the next thing that's after the next thing Mm. but um i still haven't been really writing music most of the pandemic i haven't been writing music but i've been writing a lot of words and i've been writing like it sounds really dumb but i've been writing kind of a book that's kind of a book and uh that's been really interesting because sentences are really hard. It's hard to write. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, like, when or if I'll finish it or what I'll do, but I'm trying to finish it. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I'm starting to get the sense that we are experiencing a weather station takeover. <laughs> a, media, a media takeover. A media takeover, Because you've, yeah. you've got the acting career. You've got now music. You're conquering music videos. You're directing music videos now. A book, you know. What's next? <laughs> Cooking show? What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, TV I show. I don't understand. Late night show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's I, know. I that's, might take over the world. Yeah, <laughs> you should. Yeah, you should. I think the world would be in a in a better spot. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's great. Well, I, I'm. Ex- is it cool. like memoiry or is it just? How are you? What are you thinking at this point? Or do you even have a thought about it yet? It just sounds like it's in gestation um, or whatever. No, no. Like it's 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 a very big word file. On the, on the old computer. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty really long. developed. Yeah. Okay. It's just like edit, you know, like editing and organizing is, is hard. But uh, is it yeah. done? No, no, no. It's not done. Oh, it's not done. Okay. Parts of it are we'll unwritten. Learn, parts of it are written. Yeah. We'll learn more about it and this someday. record that you just yeah. alluded to someday. Okay. <laughs> I get, I smell what you're cooking, if I yeah. might say. I know what you're saying. Okay. Cool. If people want to learn more about the weather station, follow the weather station, if you will, in the parlance of our times. Uh, mm-hmm. Where would you like to direct them? Where would you like to direct them? Um, Theweatherstation.net. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's where everything is. You're on some socials as well. Yes, I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. <laughs> okay. But theweatherstation.net yeah. <laughs> for all your weather station needs. And uh, the new album, Ignorance, is out on, is it Nextdoor Records in Canada? and. Yeah. Fat possum elsewhere, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look at me. I know what I'm doing, sort of. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if we can go out on a song from Ignorance, I'm wondering if you can pick one and maybe tell us why you might have chosen it. Is that possible? Sure. Um, how about Atlantic? Atlantic. Um, okay. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think it's one of my favorites, uh, just like sonically. In the way the band is, in the way the music is, I love, like, it's very uh, kind of divergent. Like, it's it's sort of, like, chaotic in this mm. cool way that I really love. And I love that it feels like, yeah, multiple things are kind of, like, pushing against each other. And it, it, there's a lot of tension. I really like, I like the, I like the band on this one. Is there anything particularly memorable about the recording of this song that sticks out <laughs> for you? Anything that occurred? 
nah, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was one of the songs, like, that I wish I'd done this more with the band. Like, I wish I'd just let them flow, you know, because they, they mm. flowed on this song and a couple others, and I really, they wound up being, like, by far my favorite recordings. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think I liked that, like, Christine Bougie playing guitar and Ryan Driver playing flute, like, on this take, which is, I think, why we chose this take. Like, they just, like, they kept, like, chasing each other. Like, one of them plays mm. a melody and the other, like, counters it. And, and it was just such a beautiful, like, little moment. And, um, yeah, I really, I like, I liked that. And, and it's just a lovely testament of their beautiful instincts as musicians. Great musicians that you've cited there. Yeah. Excellent record. Amazing yeah. song. Let's let's play it then. This is Atlantic okay. by the Weather Station from the excellent new album, Ignorance. Uh, Tams, it's always really fun uh, to speak with you. And I will say I appreciate you making time to speak with me uh, because you don't have to anymore. The world loves you. <laughs> uh, and I really do. I appreciate your uh, your loyalty or whatever you want to call it. I just appreciate you appreciating me. And I thank you. Uh, for this and I wish you the best of luck with everything in the future yeah thank you you too you too
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, thank you very much to Tamara for returning to Creative Control. This uh, fourth time, I believe, now on the show... Uh, as the weather station, I think we did a, a proper interview. Then she was on the Long Night Show, did a couple of songs, and then came back uh, not too, too long ago. Well, maybe like 226 episodes ago. It's kind of a long time ago. Anyway, thank you, Tamara, and thank you uh, to all of you Weather Station fans uh, for being a part of this, the 600th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative, or follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. $6 or more grants you access to exclusive content, audio content from my archives. And if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, please message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. And again, $6 or more gets you some extra stuff. Like I recently, as I'm speaking to you, I recently posted a 2011 interview I did with Mark Marin. Quite a long interview there. And also, uh, somewhat recently, a 2008 interview with Mavis Staples. You get that on the Patreon. So $6 or more, access to stuff like that. Go to patreon.com slash Control. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about and place special orders at blackbird.ca. Also to live at masseyhall.com, where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by great Canadian artists. And also to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, for all of their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to Jim Guthrie for uh, letting me use some music of his on the show. You can learn more about Jim and, and his work at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with, uh, with Tamara and for subscribing to the podcast and perhaps asking your friends to check it out. Maybe they'll subscribe to it if they like what they are hearing. And just spreading the word about it, it means a lot. 600 episodes, well that seems like a lot. And hopefully there will be 50 more 
600 more? I was going to say 600 more, but that seems like a lot. We'll keep going. We'll keep going as long as we can. And it's all thanks to you. So thank you for your support uh, for 600 episodes. I will talk to you uh, for the 600, uh, during the 601st episode. I'll talk to you again. But uh, for now, I say thank you and bye for now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.